Kirk, what's up, man? I am here. What's up with you? Not a whole lot. You ready to talk some fancy football? Yes, I am. All right. Hey, uh, today's a big episode. We This is our sleeper pick episode. So we've got some great draft values to talk about today. But before, we've got a whole bunch of news to to speed through before we talk about the sleepers. Yeah, let's get let's get right to it. All right. Hey, uh, unfortunately for you, Cleveland Browns let go of a, a first-round stud. Corey Coleman gets traded to the Buffalo Bills for a 2020 seventh-round pick. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, they couldn't just say, here you go. Um, we don't want anything. So they had to get something. So, you know, next two years, that well, seventh-round pick is worth about five bucks. So they said, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but, you know. If they release them, they have some dead cap money there. So, oh yeah, at least they, they got enough. They got some escrow money back. That was uh, yeah, that was part of their <laughs> their take. So, yeah. it, and it, they also have the they have the opportunity to cut another young player in a couple of years too. So it's oh right, it'll be great. Right, right. Yeah, it'll it'll be fine. You know, maybe maybe this is this is a way of of clearing some you know a roster spot for Des Bryant to come in. I don't believe that to be the case, but. That seems to be a, a, a wild guess by some local reporters, but we'll see. Okay, so Buffalo now has three receivers who were first-round picks on their team. Zay Jones, Corey Coleman, and and uh, um, Kelvin Benjamin. Which one do you want? I think the only one that I would consider is Kelvin Benjamin just because of his size and potential scoring ability. Um, but sure. I probably w- wouldn't pick those until a very, very late. And I wouldn't even classify them as sleepers because I don't think they're going to be that good. Yeah, he's good. He's maybe the lowest number one receiver on a team going in drafts right now. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, Zach Ertz m- misses three straight practices with an undisclosed injury. Just something to keep your eye on. Uh, we talked about the Patriots receivers um, last episode. Jordan Matthews, we said, was released after he had a serious hamstring injury. The Patriots respond by signing Eric Decker. Um, also today, they released Malcolm Mitchell, uh, who was once a young, promising receiver there. So uh, any take on that? Do you think Eric Decker has any fantasy value? Probably filling in for Julian Edelman early on. I, I think I think watching New England and listening to how they they treat their their wide receivers and players is it's almost as if they're running a uh, a horse stable and as soon as someone one of those horses twists their ankle they just pull the gun out and want to shoot them right away get them out of here so it's just it's careful stepping make sure you don't get too many injuries make sure you don't you know if you drop one pass you're out so it it's it's something to keep your eye on, but it makes Chris Hogan look that much more valuable because he's there and probably going to be more relied upon in that offense as a wide receiver goes. Okay. Uh, Randall Cobb leaves practice with an ankle injury. He just, he was seen walking with a boot earlier in the year. Um, his stock seems to be plummeting a bit uh, after it was looking like a pretty promising year for him. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And that, that could uh, make a, make some of our, our guesses at sleepers be uh, more accurate, I imagine. Okay. All right. And then finally, uh, Sony Michelle, I guess with some swelling in his knee, he's got to have it drained, could miss almost all of the preseason, even maybe some, uh, a week or two in the regular season. So what does that mean fantasy-wise? 
uh, more white players to choose from on the on the New England Patriots for fantasy positions. Actually, almost exclusively either white running backs or tight end or wide receivers. So a lot of white people. <laughs> okay. All right. Are you ready to get into sleepers? Yes. All right. So the way we've defined a sleeper is a a quarterback or a tight end who is being picked, their average draft position is outside of the 12th best player of the, at their position or a running back or receiver who is outside the top 24 in their position. So in other words, they are not being picked in redrafts as a starter, but we expect them to perform, perform well, have fantasy relevance and be constant in either in flex positions or as starters right. uh, on your roster or to at least contribute, you know, maybe more than half the time. So, we, we're each going to pick one player at each position, uh, and so this is kind of where we're we are we are putting the reputation of this show on the line. <laughs> Good. I, I've I've put my whole salary for this show on the line for this I'll, for this I'll, episode. I'll double my salary. <laughs> All right. So hey, let's just start with quarterback. Uh, Kirk, you want to go first? Yes, um, I am going to go on a limb and say that Eli Manning will be my sleeper pick. Right now, where he's drafted is uh, in a 10-team redraft league in the 18th round and a 12-team in the 15th round. Um, he, I, I mean, he, he's going to be someone's backup, but I, I feel that with, his, with the caliber of his team, Sterling Shepard being a, a good number two. Uh, Odell Beckham obviously being a superstar number one. Uh, Evan Ingram being hopefully an emerging tight end slash wide receiver. And then hopefully Saquon Barkley can fill in as a pass catcher and be an every down back. That's a great offense that, that he has looked forward to. Probably the reason why he falls so far down the line is offensive line is in flux and not really that strong. Um, and he has a history of being kind of a Debbie Downer out in the field, but he does also have this, you know, capacity to just throw the ball and just continually throw the ball. And uh, I, I don't think they're going to rely on Saquon handing the ball off to him exclusively. I think he's just going to be involved in the offense repeatedly. So that's my, my stake on a sleeper. Interesting. I, I like that a lot. Um, I would definitely, you know, definitely looking at our auction league where we have a locked bench roster. I would, I would be fine with Eli as our number two this year. Yes. All right. So mine is probably going to shock some people too. It may make you throw up a little bit in your mouth. I am actually going, uh, I've talked about him a little bit already this year. I'm going with Blake Bortles. Oh, I don't You're going to say Joe Flacco. No. Oh no, not at all. Uh, Blake Bortles is the currently the 27th quarterback uh, being taken off the board. Uh, he's going right now at the 14-12, so the last pick of the 14th round. Uh, here's how he's finished the last three years in points per game, 17, 14, and 6. Um, last year, like we, we've talked about in the dating game episode, from weeks 12 to 16, really the fancy playoffs when it counts the most, he was the number one quarterback. Um here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some stats on him that may not seem realistic. But in the last three years, he has a higher percentage of top 12 games 
than these quarterbacks. Actually, he's tied with Matthew, Matthew Stafford and Philip Rivers. Uh, he has a higher percentage of, of top 12 games than these quarterbacks. Carson Wentz, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston. Uh, he has talent at the wide receiver position. Uh, maybe not a true number one, but he's got some guys who can – some burners there. He's right. got a great running back, uh, great offensive line. Um, even even better, though, is if you look at his top six, uh, where he's finished a week in the top six, he is eighth in the NFL in the last three years. A quarter of his games, he's been a top six quarterback. That's – like, if you compare that to, like, Philip Philip Rivers is, a, like, 16%. So – he is a great quarterback. Has great weeks more often than Philip Rivers, um, you know. And but Blake Bortles has a he has a bad. There's a bad perception that he he can he's really hot and cold, so he can bust a lot. Well, in the last three years, uh, he he has a lower percentage of bust games where he finished you know higher than the 25th best quarterback. He has a lower percentage than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, in fact, he's only been a bust 12% of the time in the last three years. You compare that to Kirk Cousins, who's 21% of the time. So uh, Blake Bortles, he's only, you know, this is his fifth year in the league. I will target him maybe in the Dynasty League late. Um, I don't expect him to be great, but I think he's either going to be maybe a low-end quarterback one, maybe somewhere between the quarterback 9 to 14, kind of somewhere in that range. I he he is, He is going to be the guy that you – that at the end of the year, you're going to be like, wow, it wasn't so bad. But throughout the year, you're going to be frustrated with him. But, you know, as a sleeper pick, he's fantastic. Right. And that, that's the same with Eli. Like, we're not saying that these guys are – you ride with them the whole year. Um, but they can have some weak winning games for you. Right. All right. Very good. All right. Moving on to running back. Who you got? <clears throat> running back. Where I am. I hate saying his name, but he is a starter. And I'm talking, I'm looking at in my rankings that I've, I looked up, he was a 39th running back taken. And he is a sleeper sleeper is Isaiah Crowell. Um, he's in the ninth or 10th round, depending upon, you know, the team size or the, the league size. Um, he is a starter. Um, I don't, I, I still see Bilal Powell there, but Bilal Powell's a, you know, third down option. Um, still filling in as a Isaiah Crowell. I mean, this is this is well after the fact that you're going to be finding this guy as an actual starter that I think will be there the entire year. And they run the ball well in New York. They've always run the ball well and used their backs. So I'm going to go on a limb and say he's he's going to he's you know you can almost fall asleep, not you know hit your head on the keyboard and pick him in you know in the tenth round and you'll be happy. Yeah, that's a. Uh, um... You know, I, I just think I think I picked him a year or two or last year in a league and he burned me. So it's tough for me to get behind that. But I'll tell you that uh, a lot of the experts in the fantasy arena are very high on him going to the Jets. They think Bilal Powell may be, actually be on the roster bubble. Um, so they think Thomas Rawls may may make the team before Bilal Powell, which speaks even higher about Isaiah Cross. So that's a, that's an interesting one. Right. Um, the guy I have. You know, you said he is a starter. Well, my guy is not a starter, um, but I still think oh, he's – Yeah. Uh, well, who, who, who do you think I'm picking here? Corey Clement. I am not picking Corey Clement. Oh. That would that, be a great one, though. I think you're sick of hearing about him. Yeah. Uh, no, this is actually Tevin Coleman. 
Um, right now he is the 31st running back going off the board or right around. He's going in the seventh round of 12 team draft, uh, 12 team drafts. Um, if, you know, it felt like he was bad last year compared to two years ago where he had a great year last year. He still had 10 games where he was a running back two or higher. Uh, he finished a, around 20th uh, in standard leagues. Right. Uh, that's, that's better than Christian McCaffrey. Um, his, and the offense was bad last year. They will definitely bounce back. They'll be better. Um, two years ago, he was the running back 13 overall, which is pretty darn good for being a backup on your own team. Um, he scores touchdowns. He had eight last year. Again, in a down year, he had 11 the year before. They give it to him around the goal line. Uh, and in the last uh, last two years, 66% of the time, so two-thirds of the time, he has been a running back or running running back one or running back two. So two-thirds, I mean, he's a very safe and consistent player. Um, and that's my expectation is that he will be a running back number two again. I don't think he has no chance of being a running back one unless – Devonta Freeman gets hurt, but running back number two and, and very consistent at that, you know, if you have a, if you have a stud there, like a Le'Veon Bell or Zeke, uh, I think Coleman would be a great number two, uh, yeah. or, but, but you're getting him at running back number three cost right now. Cause again, he's going as a 31st running back going. So Tevin Coleman's my running back. Wonderful. All right. Wide receiver, who you got there? You know, first of all, for wide receiver, it seems like there could be a lot of, a lot of picks for for sleepers at wide receiver, which there typically are every year. But yeah, curious to see and, who and you my, have here. My method with the wide receiver pick um, was I went as far down as I possibly could go as to where they're drafted and started that way. Um, the chart I was looking at had the top seventy nine wide receivers and. Um, this is the 69th in that chart. Now, I know you and I have it, different. Is uh, it Jordy Nelson? No, <laughs> no, no. This, this one, this one um, has Jordy Nelson as a 42nd. So, Unbelievable. I mean, consider that option. This is this is a 69th uh, option. Uh, he he's going in like the 18th round. So, I mean, this is well after the fact that I. This is where I think it's pretty easy. Uh, Tyrell Williams from uh, from San Diego. Mm. I have a feeling they're going to be good. And and reviewing his game, he played in every game last year. Okay, um, he had a catch in every game last year, which for a sleeper, that's, start. that's not bad. Um, his his biggest games were were five catches, and he did that one, two, uh, three times. Um, but he he topped 100 yards twice. Um, he was able to score, you know, three times or four times. So this is a guy that had double digits once, twice, three times, four times, Lady. five times, six times. That's a that's a pretty good that's a pretty good record uh, for a, a, a wide receiver that's going to go in the uh, what did I say 18th round? 18th, like yeah. So I like him. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, you got to remember. Um, Keenan Allen has does have a history of injuries, and when he got hurt and Tyrell Williams was a rookie, he did have a thousand yards. So, right, uh, they do have Mike Williams there, who was hurt all last year. So, be curious to see how that wide receiver core shakes out. Right. Okay, uh, mine. I know you're going to hate this one. I did not dig as deep in the well as you did, so I went with the 39th wide receiver being taken right now. 
Uh, and that, that would put him at the back of the eighth round. So he's going at like the eight eleven right now. That's Robbie Anderson. Uh, yeah. Robbie Anderson, I think, is a clear number one on his team. Right. Uh, yeah, Quincy Anunwa, who had a, a decent year two years ago, he's he, he had a pretty devastating neck injury last year. He's already been hurt this year, even though they say it's not serious. But they do have Terrell Pryor and, and Jermaine Curse, but I think Robbie Anderson is just head and shoulders above those guys. I think he proved it last year. Last year he was a 23rd in points per game. Uh, he did have some spurts, so he started out slow, but then there was a six-game stretch uh, in the middle of the season to where he was a wide receiver one or two every single season, and he actually was a top-10 receiver during that stretch. He's very efficient with his targets, meaning you know he has a high catch rate, and when he catches the ball, it's, he's got a pretty good yards per, per catch average. Uh, last year, though, only 114 targets. I expect that to go up. Um, because he is the for sure number one. Uh, the only thing that, you know, you have to kind of watch with him is he may have a suspension looming for some off the field stuff. But uh, I, I still view him as like a, kind of similar as last year, a low end wide receiver too, but he could have some weak winning games like he did last year where he had some, some high, you know, games in the high twenties. But again, being the 39th receiver taken right now, I think that is all, because people don't know if he's going to be suspended or not, but I would be willing to take a chance on him. Right. I, I, yeah, I think that's, I think he's a good one. That's a good one. I'm surprised you think that. Cause I know you're not, I didn't think you were very well, high on him. Results, results should outweigh the, uh, the, the personal feelings. So. Gotcha. All right. Well, very good. Hey, uh, what about uh tight end? Last one here. Boy, oh boy. This is, uh, uh, I would I would like to go after one of these one of these uh, these rookies, but I'm not. I'm going to stick with uh, the the 26th um, tight end that's going to go in the 18th round, and he's the only starter that I found down there, and he's Austin Hooper. Um, oh, love it! This may be this may be an easy one to pick if you get him in that late of the round. Um, I think he. I think the offense is going to be better. Last year, obviously, he blew up in the first game and then kind of just teetered off. So, his end yeah. of the year stats were a little deceiving. But you know, overall, he caught a ball in every game, two, three, four passes. He had a high of seven catches. Um, I think if he has any improvement at all, that's obviously going to you know be more valuable. But uh, you know, with what was it, sixty-five targets in a season on a on a crummy offense that should be a heck of a lot better this year. I think he's a good, excellent sleeper. I, I love that pick. I, I don't know why he is going so late. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people maybe were burned by him last year. I mean, yeah, he did have that 80 yard catch in week one and, and people were excited about him, but I mean, you know, Austin Severian Jenkins is going above him. Uh, you know, Benjamin Watson, Watson, Hayden Hurst, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I get that at all. But uh, just kind of interesting there. I mean, in a, in a PPR league, obviously, it's good. He's going to have a lot more value because he doesn't have a whole lot of uh, uh, yards per catch um, uh, totals. But he, his, he, he was in double digits four or five times last year, and uh, you're getting points out of him. I think he had one game where he had two catches for negative one yards. That was obviously a, a Debbie Downer day, but. 
he's he's yeah. active in that offense, and I think in another year he, he's going to be more important. Okay, uh, mine. Uh, I, I was a little bit shocked. Uh, first of all, I, you know, I, I I felt like I was going to be a homer here and go with Vance McDonald for the Steelers. Uh-huh. Um, however, he's already missed a practice or two, and and I just see him being like, I mean, what we've seen to where he's just he's not going to be on the field for 16 games. So I, I couldn't in good faith go with him. Um, and then when I started looking at this player, I actually f- fell in love with him. Um, and that's OJ Howard right now. He is being taken at the end of the 13th route. So the 13, 12, he is the 17th tight end being taken off the board. Um, unfortunately for him, he still does share time with Cameron Bright. Cameron Brait actually had the better fantasy season last year, but um, Evan Ingram aside, tight ends do typically do not come out and produce in their rookie season. And sometimes even their second season, they don't produce. Uh, but I think he is, he remember he was drafted in the NFL draft. He was dra- a first round draft pick. He was the most talented, I think out of those rookies with Njoku and with Evan Ingram. Um, but, you know, here's why I like him. First of all, Fitzpatrick, who does not throw to the tight end as much as Jameis Winston does, he preferred O.J. Howard. So the first three games, I think you're going to see Howard get more targets over Bright. And I think the offense is just, you know, naturally going to going to veer towards Howard over Bright anyway. I'm, I'm sure they're going to phase Bright out because Howard is the better player. Um, but But this is what Howard did last year. He had 16.6 yards per catch. Uh, for a tight end, that's ridiculous. That is the same as Brandon Cooks. That's better than Julio Jones. So that's the type of efficiency we're talking about with O.J. Howard. Uh, and also, when you're talking efficiency, he had six touchdown catches out of tw- 26 overall receptions. Right. Um, that's that's incredible. That's the same. He had the same amount of touchdowns as Cameron Brait and half as many targets. Um, in fact, if if you I broke it down here to where you're going fantasy points per target. So he only had 39 targets last year. But if you if you take his fantasy points and you divide it by the targets, he averaged 2.6 fantasy points per target, which at the position was by far the most. Gronk was at 2.16. Kelsey at 1.9. Uh, the most the player that I could compare him to the most as far as the amount of targets he had last year was Greg Olson who had 38 targets. Greg Olson averaged 1.1 point per target. Again, OJ Howard at 2.6. So what does that translate to? That translates to OJ Howard having 101 fantasy points last year versus Greg Olson's 42. Um, he scored. He got down the field. Uh, he's just a he. He can separate, and he's he's a beast of a man. Uh, I just I think he's going to be a tight end one this year with a chance of being a, a top six guy if he can remain that efficient. So. Uh, Dynasty League, I, I am going to try to figure out a way to get him as my tight end. As your first tight end or as, as a tight end? Uh, I Well, I think his draft price, um, he would be the first tight end that I pick. Uh, again, I think he's going to be a tight end one this year, so I'd be fine with him. But I would definitely, you know, Austin Hooper's going late. Uh, I could get Vance McDonald or, or even Benjamin Watson, somebody like that later. Maybe to maybe this year they switch time, but I think OJ Howard is going to be a great player at his position. 
Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, I, 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 they made a, they made a choice to draft him in the first round. So there's got to be, I mean, he shows a spark. He had a six right. catch, ninety eight yard, two touchdown <clears throat> game. So he has the ability. Um, well, what about some of the other players that, that we that you had up there? How many did you have? Any other? Um, obviously, tight end doesn't really matter. We kind of talked about them, but um, who are some of the other guys you keyed on uh, at the running back, wide receiver, and quarterback position? Yeah, so so running backs. I again, I I think there's a lot. The the one uh, guy, and actually we kind of talked about him today. Uh, well, we talked about um, his teammates today, and that's Rex Burkhead for the Patriots. Um, he's right now being the 31st running back being taken. I I think you're going to see him climb a lot with Sony Michelle to where he may not be that much of a value. Right. Uh, uh, another guy I think you and I both like, again, I think the closer we get to the regular season, we'll see his, his value climb is Carlos Hyde. I think that job is his for the year, or at least to start the season. And I, I believe in his talent. I think he's a top 15 running back in the league. And I, I think he, it will be very tough for him to lose that job there. So those are two guys that I consistently get late in drafts. Well, here's uh, I, I didn't I forgot to bring this up. One of the one of the topics of conversation in Cleveland once Corey Coleman got traded, um, and maybe this is just in in light of the the preseason game coming up and how they're going to be short on wide receivers going into that game is Duke Johnson having the desire to to rather be a wide receiver than a running back. He enjoys mm-hmm. being a receiver better now. That has any amount of validity to where they're going to be using him in more of a receiving package. That puts a heck of a lot more emphasis on Carlos Hyde being more of a runner, and and Nick Chubb being a backup role, uh, yeah. uh, rather than Duke Johnson trying to steal carries as well. Which for me, that's fantastic. I like Duke Johnson as more of a receiving back and a receiver because he did a really good job. So. Um, but that's that's to your point on Carlos Hyde. His value may go up as the season goes on. Okay. Um, who else? Who else? Who else did you have? So at receiver, um, another guy who was kind of in the running for this. At, at he's the 39th receiver being taken right now. And that's Cooper Cup. Okay. Uh, again, I don't know why he's going so late in drafts right now, but uh, I think PPR leagues he's going to be. A, a very good player. He was great uh, inside the red zone last year. And Sammy Watkins, who was who, who caught eight touchdowns within the ten yard line last year, he's gone. Um, another one I think you and I both like, um, you know, is uh, is well, actually, one I think one of the two Washington receivers will emerge either Josh Doxson, who's being the 56th receiver taken, or Paul Richardson, one of their outside guys. I, I like both of them to kind of step up this year now, what about you as, I, as much as i agree with what you're saying boy i really dug deep for the sleepers um i i was gonna i was gonna go on a limb and say geronimo allison uh being in the 20 you know right around the 20 uh round pick he's a 71 71st uh uh receiver taken and if if randall cobb has any more of these injuries or has any you know time taken away they're going to be looking for Geronimo and then what is it, Jamon? Is that how you say his name? Jamon, yeah. Yeah, those those guys are I mean, they they have the they have an elite quarterback that's going to throw the ball. Just get players out there and and they'll they'll get a chance. And I, I like him really, really deep. 
Um, also, Cameron Meredith. Um, he seems to be the – he looks like he's going to be the clear-cut number two uh, on that team. Yeah, I like that one. Receiver. And then Sterling Shepard, because if there's any amount of tension given to Odell Beckham, somebody else has got to get the ball, and he has a very, very good chance of, of having a nice complimentary uh, year for, for the Giants. I did want to put Jordy Nelson just because other people seem to – uh, rate him in the 40s so it would only mean that he is a sleeper pick if I think he's going to be the ninth best receiver mm-hmm. so that would make sense I, I, you know I just said ah, forget that um, I want to talk okay. about some of the other running backs um, I have I you and I both like carry on Johnson he's a he's an eighth yes. running back. Um, yeah and and Lamar Miller being yeah. being a fifth round pick on that team, I mean it it's it's iffy what to do with him. Um, but if you're in the fifth and sixth round and he's still available, that team could be very explosive, and he could be the starting running or he's the starting running back there. So yeah. one would think he would I, have value. Yeah, I mean reports out of camp are that Deontay Foreman is is probably not going to be ready by the beginning of the season. I think Deontay Foreman's a better running back and eventually will take that job, but. But to start, Lamar Miller is going to get a ton of touches there. Right. So, completely agree. Yeah, I mean, and and depending upon how you formulate your draft, um, and and you know, we go back and forth on running back, running back, receiver, receiver, or running back, receiver. Depending upon where you are, that's going to dictate where he's going to fall to you. And and he may, you know, in some of our mock drafts, I know. I get to certain rounds to where it's like, wow, it's one guy that's good and the rest of them are just awful. I feel like yeah. he, he's going to find whoever picks him, he's going to stand out in the crowd uh, of mm-hmm. his pick. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, great, man. I think, uh, again, I, I think that th- these are the type of shows, especially this pick, to where you can get some late-round values. The, these are the most helpful. Um, you'll start doing mock drafts and you'll see you kind of, start picking the same guys. But if you find yourself doing that, look to see where the guys we mentioned are going. Uh, See if you can't nab one or two of them. And um, again, these guys all, I I think every player we named, uh, we're not expecting them to be 16 game starters for us, but they will start, you know, in the flex position or, you know, quarterback or tight end streamers, um, guys that we really like guys who can have some game winning weeks. You just have to, you have to know when to start them and 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 when when to uh, pick those high weeks. But uh, and, and all right, good stuff, man. You know, um, some of these guys are are literally one injury away from being the the starting the starting running back yes. wide receiver on their team. So, you know that that's important. All right. Well, hey, very good, man. You got anything else? No, that is it. All right, that's all for the fancy boys. We're signing off and fading out.